Are you looking for the spot to kick back, relax, and talk all things Southern Miss? Well, you're in the right place. Welcome to the Everyday Eagles podcast, the podcast for Southern Miss fans by Southern Miss fans. Hey, 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 everybody. Welcome to this very special episode of the Everyday Eagles podcast. We are excited to do something that we've never done before. But before we kick that off, I need to bring in that lovable co-host, that mama's boy, Mr. Lane Brady. What's up, Lane? Chuck, what's up, man? Happy Mother's Day to you and yours, man. Thank you. I'm not a mother, but I'm grateful for my mother and my wife, who is a mother. There you go. So did you did you good. get your wife something for Mother's Day this year? I did. Thank you for asking. Okay, Chuck. just making sure. I told her I would remind you. About two weeks ago, I didn't have anything, so that hey, was. I'm, I'm impressed. Good foresight by y'all to remind me of that. That's what we do, man. That's what us single guys have to do for you married men. There you go. Right. There you go. It's funny how that works. Single guys always remember it faster than married. Because we're trying to get married. That's what it is. We're like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess so. See, I, I remember so. things. Yeah, yeah no listeners, doubt. Listeners, listeners, I got to tell y'all, man, this was Chuck's idea, this episode. I'm going to give him total credit for this. Well, look at there. This was all his idea, and he pitched it to us in a group message, and I thought it Honestly, guys, I'm more excited about this episode than I think I've been. I don't know, man. Scott Barry, maybe I was <laughs> as excited for that one. I mean, it's been a while. Like, I'm super excited for this episode just because this is a unique episode and a unique idea. Chuck, tell the listeners what our idea is, what we're doing here. Well, we decided, um, you know, and I won't take all the credit. We've got a great creative team in Lane and Pate, and, you know, these guys, comp- we all complement each other very, very well. Um, but we decided let's reach out to some of our favorite um, Golden Eagle baseball players and let's bring on the people that helped shape them throughout their whole life. Since it's Mother's Day, we decided to talk to the, the mama bears of the Golden Eagles. So, uh, Lane, you got the first the first mom to introduce us I to. I do. I do. I have Monique coming with us uh, tonight. So welcome to the show, Monique. Thank you for having me. We're going to have some fun. Thank you for coming, Monique. Can't wait. All right. Well, Monique, I'm going to start us off here. We uh, We have intentionally not release the names of the players that we brought in their moms for a reason here and that is the grand reveal here and here it is monique who is your golden eagle baby slash baseball player my golden eagle baby is number 25 catcher blake johnson blake johnson that's right people uh Blake, actually, he was my Holy Cow Player of the Week. It was last week when we recorded, but, yeah, for the two-home run game. Blake's had a power surge, Mama. You've been – what's he been eating? I, I don't know. He has his moments. He um, – after that game, I went down there to him, and I was like, hey, you, have a day. You know, he goes, well, <laughs> I, I knew I could do it. I just hadn't been able to get it there. <laughs> I, was yeah. like, I was like, well, don't stop doing it. <laughs> 
Absolutely. He uh he's had a big season this year so far. It's been fun to watch. So tell us about your family, Monique. Uh tell us a little bit about your your family, Blake's family, all that. Does he have siblings? Where are you guys from? All that good stuff. Um we're actually from Nashville, Tennessee, or right outside of Nashville in Old Hickory, Tennessee. And my job moved me here when Blake was five. Um, so we've been here ever since. He has um, a younger brother who's 15 named Caden, who also plays baseball. He has an older brother named Derek, um, who is 26. He ha- And then he has an older sister named Brittany and an older sister named Ashley from his um his dad's side of the family. And they, they, one lives in Atlanta and then the other two live in Clarksville, Tennessee. Very cool. Big family there for Mr. Blake Johnson. Yes. I mean, they give him a lot of support. No doubt. Good. Now, you know, I, I grew up with older sisters, so I was the baby boy and growing up, I, me and my sisters didn't get along. I mean, like, you know, they, they wanted to put me in dresses and do my nails and all these things that, you know, that, that sisters like to do to their baby brother. So they, did they do that to Blake or was he young enough for them to do that too? Or he was young enough. They really didn't do that to him, but now his, his older brother, Derek used to beat the crap out of him. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just, I mean, just pick on, and I mean, it's the same thing because Blake does did that to his younger brother, Mm-hmm. Once he come along, but yeah, but now his sisters really didn't do a whole, they, you know, they almost kind of took care of him. I gotcha. Well, my sisters take care of me now, so I give them, I give them props. <laughs> well, uh, Monique, kind of tell us a little bit about the recruiting process that led uh, Blake to Southern Miss. Okay. Well, out of high school, he actually ended up going to Tulane. Uh, one of his dreams in high school was he wanted to go to an Ivy League school. And he had offers from Penn State. He had he had toured Vanderbilt. And when he toured Vanderbilt, the assistant coach at Vanderbilt, Travis Jewett, had been talking to him. Well, then when Travis Jewett became the head coach at Tulane, it got a little bit more real. So to make things short, he chose to go to Tulane. He was there a half a semester and he hated it. And I'm not just saying he just it's just it just wasn't the school for him. Um and at, when you go to Tulane, it's not like Southern or somewhere. You're either there on a merit scholarship or you're there on a baseball scholarship. You can't mix them and do both. Mm-hmm. So he ended up, his best deal was to be on a merit scholarship. And to go to Tulane is expensive. It's about $80,000 a year. Wow. And um, he got a scholarship for everything but $9,000 a semester. And so after that first semester, he just, he wasn't happy and I kept telling him, I'm real competitive. And I was like, you're not going to quit. You're going to at least stay for a year. You're not going to quit. So when I took him, his birthday's in October. And I went over there in October and took him to dinner for his birthday. And he's like, well, I'll stay and go to school and finish out the year. But if I have to, I'm not playing baseball. And this is a kid who has played baseball since he was four. He, um, and I thought he's really miserable if he's willing to give up baseball. So we talked to a friend who does recruiting for colleges up in um, North um, Kentucky, and he 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 played baseball and went to the minor leagues. And he's like, "Look, if he's not happy and he's not interested in going pro, let him leave." 
Mm-hmm. So he talked with Blake and told Blake, you know, how to what process to go through and meet with the coach, you know, make an appointment, tell him you want to leave, et cetera, et cetera. So he did that, but they would not release him. And when they wouldn't release him, of course, he had to go JUCO. Well, the pitching coach for them at the time, and I cannot remember his name for nothing, was great. The day Blake told the coach that he wasn't happy and he was wanting to leave, and he waited till the end, you know, the end of November. Um, the pitching coach called four or five different JUCO schools and said, hey, we have this guy who's a catcher. He's great. He's fixing to be available. So like the very next day, Blake was getting calls from he got a call from Jones, which was where Lad Rhodes was. He got a call from um, Pensacola. Um, he got a call from MGCC and a couple different ones. So we went and toured the different ones and he ended up picking Jones, which where Lad was. And then also one of his high school best friends was Gabe Lacey. And Gabe Lacey okay. was also at Jones. So he went to Jones, finished, you know, finished up his JUCO there. And his second year at Jones, Ladd had left and come to Southern, I think as a hitting coach, maybe. And so um, Ladd talked to him and, um, you know, asked him, I guess, introduced him to Coach Barry and some of them at the time. And I think they were needing a catcher. And so um, he toured them and did a, you know, like an official visit with them. He did an official visit with a couple other places. One of them was South Alabama. And when it was over and done with, he just decided that he, he wanted to be at USM. He liked the process. USM has such a great baseball following. And that's what he said. One of the things he said is he says, you know, just almost every one of their games, the stands are packed. And he mm-hmm. said, where some of the other ones I've been to, it's not like that. And so that's how I ended up at USM. That was a wise nice, choice. We're very, very happy yeah. that he did. <laughs> I was For glad sure. too because he was close to home. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. That's a much shorter drive than a lot of those places you <laughs> you were talking about just now. Mm-hmm. So. All right. Well, I've actually been looking forward to asking this question for a while now. Uh, all moms are known for having fantastic baby stories, and they break out these baby stories usually at the most inopportune time to embarrass their child. Do you have any good, funny baby stories about Blake from whenever he was a child you'd like to share? Uh, yeah, I have a couple. Um, the first one was is when he the first sport he started playing was soccer and he could start that when he was like three and a half or four and so he's out on the field this kid don't have a clue what he's doing you know he's just running around the thing and his shorts were too big for him and those shorts have like that string in them it's not like a string you can tie it's like a string you pull but it's all one piece okay so i look over and he's running across the field and he had taken that string and pulled it up around his neck to hold his shorts up (laughs) (laughs) and of course it was funny but i'm like hey that's brilliant you know yeah he's an innovator right and then the other one was his first year um when we started baseball or in tennessee they don't do t-ball they start them out at coach pitch at four years old and um so his first year of baseball i just didn't think this kid was going to play ball he was out in the field out i think he was out like in right field or something and he's picking flowers and he's running them to me over on the side of the fence uh, or he's one time the ball come out there to him and he couldn't get the ball because he had buried his glove in the dirt and had to dig up his glove before he could get the ball <laughs> so. you don't realize you don't realize how encouraging that is for me to hear right now <laughs> as a father with a five-year-old and coach pitch right now so thank you yeah. for that. i mean it's just 
it's there's pretty hope. funny. There's still uh, hope. So <laughs> thank you for that. But um, I mean, you know, eventually he'd come along. So. <laughs> Right, right. What, uh, what made him decide to do Catcher? He, um, the funny part with that is, is he was probably about, I don't know, he was maybe seven or eight years old, and he was playing. Um, he, we were here, and he was playing like rec ball, and then he would play like on this little travel team, you know, and it's. And I don't know if you mm-hmm. really, back then it wasn't, travel ball wasn't nothing like it is now. Now they're only out for the money, you know? Right. Back then we had two or three dads who, who's, you know, kids were on the team and it was all about developing the boys. And they needed a catcher. And he just said, I'll try it. And he tried it. And he actually was really well at it. Um, one of the things he had, even when he was younger and he played on rec league balls, is he just had an arm. I mean, you could sit there and he would play third base and he could throw them people out at first. I mean, one of the coaches would make fun every time he threw it from like wherever he was to first base, he would like give it sound effects. And so he just did real well at it. And it's not that he wanted to do it. After that, he just kind of got stuck there. I gotcha. So, and he, he, he does have an arm because I will say that every time – he throws somebody out at first or a sec, you know, second. Lane will go. No, say, no. You don't run on Blake, John. Why would you even try? <laughs> Yelling mm-hmm. every time. You don't run on. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. Good times. Well, money. What is your, you know, your personal favorite moment of Blake's, you know, playing career? Something that you're just very proud of. Um, it doesn't necessarily have to be USM. It could be, you know, any time, but. I mean, of course, I'm proud of everything that he's achieved. Um, Blake is an overachiever. I mean, he's going to, no matter what he does, he's going to make sure he he gives it 110%. But I guess probably my favorite moment was his senior year in high school because he had such an amazing year. I mean, it's just, it, you couldn't ask for anything better for someone in their senior year in high school. I mean, he had like a 470 batting average, 40 RBIs, nine home runs. He... um he was like USA Today Player of the Year. He was in the nice. Dandy Dozen. Um, he was the Clar- Clarion Ledger Player of the Year. He got nominated into the Gupport Hall of Fame as Player of the Year. I mean, he just mm-hmm. had an amazing year. And the thing was, is he wasn't nominated all this for catching. He also pitched, and he played third base, and he played outfield. But he could pitch. And with that arm... At a high school level, he could already pitch 90 miles an hour. Well, at that point, when you have somebody batting, they can't hit that. You know, it's not like they're in in JUCO or D1. It's stuff that they've never seen before. But um, he just he just got so many, you know, um, recognition um, senior year. No doubt. That's awesome. That's great. Well, um. That's fine. Lane, I'm going to ask this last question. I'm going to let you go last, if that's all right, Lane. Um, but I do have a question that I did not prep you for, and I, okay. I hope that's okay. I'd be remiss, because um, it's a fan favorite, because when he comes up and um, his walkout song, do you know where he got that from? Look, it was either that one this year, or he was going to go with Tricky by Run DMC. Tricky. Oh, that's one of and originally he yeah. had picked yeah. that, but then at the end he changed it to that one. And I don't know why he changed it or what made him pick that one. <laughs> his, sen- 
His senior year of high school, his walkout song was Party in the USA by Molly Cyrus. How complex is this process <laughs> that leads to a walkout song? It. How much thought goes into this? Um, <laughs> for some kids, it goes into a lot of thought. Um, for him, it I don't know what, honestly and truly, I can't tell you what makes him pick what he does. Now, like for his friend Gabe, Gabe's a huge Beatles fan. That, that dude can tell you everything about the Beatles. So his has always been a Beatles song. Um, but I just don't know how much thought process he puts into yeah. it. I've never really asked. We, we're a big Gabe uh, Lacey fan as well, too. We, He's a we great kid. Gabe. He is a good kid. Uh, well, Monique, my last question, and then I think Lane has one more, is, um, you know, sometimes we forget that these are, you know, 18, 19, 20-year-old kids, and the amount, the amount of pressure on these guys is unreal. You know, sometimes you can hear heckling and negative talk from the opposing team, and sometimes, especially if you get on Eagle Post, you can hear it from our own fans. How do you handle that uh, and keep from going mama bear on some of these people? Um, it's hard. I can't stand Eagle Post. Um, <laughs> sometimes I'll tell myself I'm never going to get on it again. <laughs> yeah. And then I catch myself reading it. Last year, a lot of the people on Eagle Post was giving Rodrigo a hard time. Mm -hmm. um, and I just finally got to the point where towards the end of the year, I took a picture of Rodrigo and Blake together. And I just put it on there. And put, they were they were talking about the catchers. And I said, well, here's two of my favorite catchers. No doubt. Um you know what? Sometimes I want to go on there and say, "Well, when's the last time you stood down there and had somebody pitch a ninety-five mile an hour fastball at you?" Right. You know, but you just have to. I take it with a grain of salt. Um, I know Blake don't even get on there at all. He could care less That's about smart. it because, yeah. yeah, I mean, because these kids put more pressure on themselves than these people ever imagined. You know, and I mean, I get people are huge fans, and I mean, but. Sometimes I'm thinking, you know, you probably never played baseball before in your life right. or, you know, it's like, you know, it's like, but I guess that's, they have nothing better to do. So I just have to take it with a grain of salt. And now once he's not playing no more, I can't promise you I'll be that nice. But. <laughs> just tell them the dust the Cheetos off their shirt and go on about right, the exactly. Well. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That, that's, that's, that's a good lame. way to approach it. I think just take it with a grain of salt and move on and. This person mm -hmm. doesn't know what they're talking about anyway. So, uh, my my last question, uh, Monique, and this will this will be your last one that that you have to answer tonight is, uh, you know, we see. I know Chuck and I sat over there on that on that side where the Golden Eagle parents sit, and we've kind of seen you guys throughout the years, a bunch of y'all, and you guys all have a pretty unique bond i feel like the player parents do um you know you always see you guys you always speak to each other i feel like we see you on the road any game we go to and all what is it meant to you to be a golden eagle mama to be a part of that crew of people and just to see your son out there playing in the black and gold um i'll tell you this right here blake's first year here we were looking for him a place to live and a lady called me one day, and it was Stephanie Stanley, Hunter Stanley's mother. And they were having an opening in a house that um, four of the guys lived together. And so the, Blake's first year, he lived with Cody Carroll, Hunter Stanley, and Walker, Walker Powell. And um, really, Stephanie and Buffy um, Carroll, Cody's mom, took me underneath their wing. They taught me the ins and outs, you know. You know, this is how we find out where they're staying when they travel. 
This is how we find out this, you know. Um, at that time, I think we had like a team mom. That year, Buffy was the team mom. Um, you know, one of the team's moms go together and order shirts for the moms, you know, and stuff like that. And so just really that first year, I was like, you know, this is great. I mean, because, it, you know, at, at other schools, you knew some of the moms, but nothing like this. I mean, everybody's just like so friendly and so nice. We have a group me for all the moms, you know. We cheer on the boys through the group me. We talk about, um, you know, if some of the moms are traveling and some aren't, you know, hey, if your kid needs anything, I'm going to be there. Or, hey, I'm not going to be there. Can you hug my kid for me and stuff like that? It's just, I mean, I don't know if it's like this on every team, but these these parents are great. And even like last year and this year, having the new parents come on, I mean, it's, they feel the same way. It's just, I mean, it's just a great group of kids and a great group of parents. Mm -hmm. And a great group of coaches. Yes. And, you know, I've never, ever truly met Coach Barry face-to-face. -face. Mm -hmm. And the other day, uh, after Sunday's game on the field, he was standing there. And I thought, I'm going to walk up and introduce myself to him. So I did. I walked up and introduced myself to him, told him who I was. And, of course, you know, he's just like, you've got a great son. I mean, he's special. I know you know that. But I just can't say enough about it. I mean, he just, you know, this is a man who... He's a, he's a totally different level than I am is how I feel about it. But, you know, he's just so down to earth and just so, I mean, you know, to sit there and tell me, you know, we're on the field. They just want a game. All these people are wanting to talk to him. And he took the time out to tell me what he thought of my kid. He's a good coach. We're, yes. yes we're, we're blessed to have him. Yes. And I know Blake thinks a lot mm -hmm. of him. Yeah. Too. And we think, we think the world of Blake sure. too in the, in the Brady household, especially. And I know Chuck does we too. Do. Just, you know, Listeners, if you don't know this, Blake and Mason are buddies. My five-year-old is buddies with Blake, and then uh, Caden's buddies <laughs> with Mason too. And so it's a, it's a, it's a pretty cool little dynamic they got there. Mason loves going to see Blake after games, and Monique's bought Mason. I don't know how much ice cream at these games when Mason walks to the concession stand with her. So, but man, it's been a, it's been a cool atmosphere, and you know we. We appreciate you sharing your Golden Eagle baby with our fan base and with our group of people. And uh, I appreciate your time tonight, Monique. Thank you so much. Not a problem. I'm glad I could enjoy, uh, enjoy enjoying y'all. Uh, the one thing I will say, I know for Blake, he's going to dental school. He's not going to, you know, he's not interested in going pro and really never have been. And it's just, it's breaking my heart to know that I will never, ever see him play ball again. And because he has played since he's four, I love baseball. He loves baseball. And it's like, I'm thinking, you know, I still have my 15-year-old, yeah. but it's like, That's what tough. am I going to do? That's you tough. know? <laughs> <laughs> You're, You're going to save some travel expenses. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At least for a little while till Caden. Yeah, for a while, Hopefully yes. Caden puts on the black and yeah, gold in a so, couple of years. So. so I don't know yeah. what he's going to do. He's He's a pitcher, and, and he wants to play ball in college, but we'll see how it all works out. So Oh, yeah. There you go. And Blake will end up – he'll end up picking up golf or something. He'll have something. He plays golf. Yep, yep he plays golf. He He's into hunting late, lately. He killed his first turkey the other day. There he was so go. excited. So. No doubt. Well, Moni, we appreciate your time. Happy Thank you Mother's so much for Day. Coming on and happy Mother's Day. I hope you get – Thank you. Lots of love. And lots of pampering. Thank you. Well, that was a pretty good um, insight into to Monique and, and her Golden Eagle. But we've got another mother we're going to talk to. Lane, why don't you 
introduce this next mama. Yeah, man, we've got Jada on the show with us right now. Jada, you with us? I'm here. What's up, Miss Jada? Welcome to the show. How are y'all? Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on. Good, we're excited to have you on. Good to be here. All right, well, Jada, we have a big reveal here of who your son is. We have intentionally not told the listeners what mamas are coming on the show. So tell us now, who is your golden eagle baby? I am Reese Ewing's mom, our our left fielder. <laughs> Sometimes he plays right. <laughs> <laughs> He's just a nobody trying to tell everybody. That's right. That's right. <laughs> His walk-up music has forever been ingrained into our hearts, I believe. Yeah, I, I love that song, and I love when he walks up to, to bat and looking around and seeing all the kids singing. And kind of tell us, kind of tell us that story. How did he? Why did he pick that walk-up song? Honestly, um, you know, I asked him that. Um, you know, last or when he played at Pearl River. He had the song "God Only Knows." That was his walk-up song. Great song too. By, by um, I think it's King and Country. Um, but he he tells me now we used to growing up we always played Christian music at our house. You know the kids were used to it in the car and um, Casting Crowns was one of his favorite groups and so um, he was just used to to listening to that. But he told me I asked him I said, you know why are you choosing that song, which I didn't have a problem with. I just Mm kind of wanted to know what he was thinking. And he said, Mom, I don't have to be like everybody else. He said, I want to choose what speaks to me. And he said, music like that kind of gets me calm. And if you know Reese, if you watched him play long enough, you know that he's not one of these hyped up, you know, he's just kind of a a, a chill, even keel kind of guy, you know. Mm -hmm. That's just how he gets his mind right, I guess, before he steps up to the plate, so... He chose that for himself. I love it. Yeah. I think it's a good testimony song, too. I do, too. I love it. You know? I love it. And I love seeing that everybody else likes it, too. Yeah, and, and I was going to say that. I think that song and Rod's song has probably the most like fan interaction. Yes. Yeah. Right. So. Right. It does. Right. We've had so many people walk up to us and tell us how much they love his song. Mm-hmm. and. Um, I've had messages through social media and just people are always asking him and telling him, thank you for, for that. You know, so we know we all need a little more Jesus in this world. Yeah. You are right. For real. That's right. So there was a thing on social media last year, Jada, we didn't prep you for any of this. I apologize. There was a thing on social media <laughs> last year when he was going on this absolute home run tear hitting homers. Everybody would would uh, retweet the video of his homer and tag hashtag Jesus Juice. Did you Jesus ever see that? Juice. I did. I did. All the time. It was one of my favorites. I enjoyed it. I loved it, too. I did, too. And, they used to call him, when I, he first got there, they used to call him Preacher. I like that. Yeah, because that's a good nickname. Coach Barry said he always hit a home run on Sundays. <laughs> so he started calling him Preacher. That was, I think, last year or his first year. I can't remember. But I was about to say, if you look at his splits this year, I think he's hit most of his on Sundays too, huh? Mm, probably so. Yeah. Yeah. So. It's divine intervention. Yep. So. Yep. 
He's got to pray in my I promise you, if you ever see me in the stands when he's up to bat, I'm, I'm literally sitting there praying. I just want him to hit the ball. No doubt. Yeah. <laughs> Your prayers are working. They are. Keep, yeah, them, keep them coming. That's right. Keep them coming. That's right. Keep them coming. Yep. So tell us a little bit about the rest of your family here. Does does he have siblings? Yes. My daughter's 21. That's his sister. And then, um, of course, my husband. And we live in Mobile. I was just telling the guys I'm a teacher. I teach fifth grade at Faith Academy where Reese went to, to school. Reese and Annalie, both. My daughter. And uh, Reese just got engaged. Congrats. Just a couple of weeks ago after a Sunday game. Um, we had an engagement, and some of the guys came on the team and celebrated with us. And um, she's a wonderful girl and uh, with a wonderful family. Her name is Kate. And uh, I've heard it said that Reese, you know, at first we, he was kind of not starting out too well, you know, he was kind of trying to get him back into the groove. And I've seen it said on social media, man, Reese is starting to do really well now that he's gotten engaged. <laughs> <laughs> A good so, woman to do that for you, right? Yes, yeah. that's right. That's right. You got two people uh, praying for him now. Girl. That's yeah. right. Yep. We so. actually made an announcement on the podcast congratulating him that same week whenever it happened. Oh, really? Yep. It was a we fun did. time. I saw it, it on social media. Time. Yeah. Yep. It was awesome. All right, Jada. Well, um, Kind of tell us about the recruiting process that led Reese to choosing Southern Miss. And we're very, very thankful since y'all live in Mobile that he didn't pick that that other school. <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah. <laughs> me too. Um, well, honestly, um, Kaye uh, recruited him. And um, he would come and watch him at Pearl River. And every time he came to watch Reese at Pearl, Reese, at Pearl River – Reese would hit a home run. Oh, wow. And so it was, you know, pretty evident that he was going to um, to offer Reese at USM. And I was very thankful for that because I went to USM, graduated from USM. My dad went to USM, graduated from there. My brother as well, and he also played on the baseball team at USM. And I was a diamond doll. So okay. there's lots of history. Okay, a lot of connections. Lots of history. So we were very thankful that um, that he chose to come to USM. But, yeah, Coach Kaye recruited him. Well, way to go, Kaye. Good job. Yep. Yep. Now, who was your brother that played on the team? I, I, I think I missed that. Who was your brother? Mike Moreland. I didn't realize that. That's Do cool. you know him? That was in the late Yeah, 80s. I remember the name. So, yeah, yeah I remember Mike the Morgan, name. That was my brother. He played left field okay. as well. He was there the left fielder. Oh, wow. Well. Mm-hmm. Good deal. Yeah. Well, Jada, all mamas are perfect for having baby pictures and having good, old-fashioned, funny baby stories that they love to share. Do you have any you'd like to share on air with us tonight? Well... I can think of a time where um, I left, we left Reese uh, with my parents uh, one weekend. Uh, My husband and I went to Orange Beach for the weekend, and we just said, you know, we're going to let him stay with my parents. He had a t-ball game. He was about five years old. And uh, 
my parents called and said, you're never going to guess what happened. Now, we're at the ball fields where my brother um, was a very good ball player, and we were just kind of known as the baseball family. You know, he was really good, and here's Reese. And so they're they're waiting for this little boy to walk up and just be, you know, awesome. So he hits the ball off the tee, and he takes off running down the third baseline, and he runs all the way down to the fence and tags the fence and turns around and stands there. <laughs> and everybody's yelling, run, come back, come back. And so he takes off running and slides into home plate, thinking that he had done something good. That's great. So we had to stop the game and teach him how to play. And my parents were like, you're not going to guess what he did. <laughs> so we were like, how in the world? You know, we've worked with him because, of course, my my husband worked with him all his life on mm-hmm. baseball. And he, we thought he knew exactly what to do, but I don't know what he was thinking. But we never lived that down. Uh, Everybody always talked about that. That's awesome. We need, we need to tell him if we ever get up big, just pull, you know, do it yeah. again one day at the peak just, to, right. just for giggles. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Well, uh, th- this isn't a knock against Reese at all because we, we interviewed uh, Cameron Brunny a couple of weeks ago. And Cameron is known famously for fielding a ball in left field and then chunking it into the bullpen. Um, <laughs> how much... Yeah. We didn't prep you for this one either, but how much uh, flack did he catch from his teammates? And Because it's hilarious. Like, when he did it, we all started calling him Cameron. Because, I mean, it was just a fluke. I mean, you know, a hundred times you yeah. throw and, it, yeah. Exactly. We were at home actually watching that night. We did not go that night. And we watched from home, you know, on the couch. And, of course, we're watching, and all of a sudden he throws it, and that happens. And we're like, what? like we just about fell out of you know, off the couch. <laughs> right. We're like, what in the world? Yeah. And, of course, you know, we just couldn't believe it. But I'm sure he caught lots okay. of flack for that. You could just see Barry I'm sure just it was staring a joke. at him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, what are you thinking? But you know, yeah. Cameron was very happy another player had done it because it was just him in the club for a long time. <laughs> So he was very, oh, yeah. very happy. But um, oh yeah. So kind of steer into that. Um, what is your personal favorite moment of Reese playing um, baseball? You know, it can be with Southern Miss. It can be Pearl River when he was little. But what moment made you like super proud? Well, honestly, there's been so many, of course, moments that I've been proud of him. Um, but I guess one that sticks out was when Reese was. Um, in 11th grade, playing on his high school team. They had made it to the state playoffs. But Reese had broken his arm. And I don't know if you know, but Reese was an outstanding pitcher in high school. He actually holds the high school career. Um, He's got 364 strikeouts. Wow. um, With his four years of high school. And he holds the, um, he holds the, um, the record Uh right now at our high school. Wow. But, at state playoffs, he pitched through the state playoffs with a broken arm. Oh, wow. And um, I just thought that was great. You know, he managed it. He did well. Um, and it just made me proud how he handled, you know, that adversity and how they had confidence in him, I guess, even with a broke arm mm-hmm. to put him out there. Um, and he did really, really well. Um, so I was proud of him in that. He also um, played in the Junior College World Series at Pearl River. And, of course, I was proud of that. You can't. Not everybody can say they've done that. That's true. You know? That's 
So those are some things that I, you know, those things stand out. And we hope he gets a a college World Series this year. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah. But he just is, he, he makes me proud all the time. He teaches me things every day. He really does. That's awesome. I can say something to him, and he'll say something back, and I'm like, "Yeah, son, you're right." Okay. <laughs> We're gonna, he's, he's gotten to that age yep. now. He's teaching me things. That's recorded now, you so know. just me. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. He's wise. Yeah. He's a very he's wise guy. beyond his years. He, he is. He is. Well, Jada, being a Golden Eagle mama, there are several of y'all, and, and we kind of see you together. Sometimes y'all come in like packs. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. we see you. We see y'all sitting together. You got your shirts sometimes. We see y'all do stuff for the team and go meet the kids. I'm sure y'all travel together sometimes to games. What has it meant to you to be a Golden Eagle mama? What is what is all this experience of being a mama to a Golden Eagle baseball player meant to you? Well, um, it's something to be proud of for sure because we have a great, great group of guys on our team. Um, I think everybody can tell that. But even the mamas, we're like a group that supports each other. Um, we have a, a group text, of course, that we, we're texting. Even like when, when somebody hits a home run, immediately the mamas get on the group text and say, way to go, Sarge, or way to go, Slade. Um, and we're constantly um, supporting each other's um, son and supporting each other, um, working together as a group. Now, you know, Sarge and Reese uh, played high school ball together, so his mom and I are very close. Um, Gina and I are very close. And so for us to be able to experience this together has been wonderful. Um, and getting to know the other moms um, has has been awesome. So it's been a great experience. So you mentioned Sarge and uh, Reese played together. Gabe Shepard played with them too, right? Weren't they all yeah, three teammates in high sure school? Sure was. Gabe was a pitcher as well. Gabe and Reese were the rotation, and um, he sure was. And uh, Reese and Gabe are actually still best friends to this day. Yeah. How cool was that uh-huh. for for Reese and for you to see these boys play in high school together? I'm sure they were absolutely ridiculously good in high school. They were, they were I'm amazing. sure their team was, like, unbeatable. They were amazing, uh, yes. They were really good. But how awesome How awesome was it to see them go together and go play college ball together? That's that's stuff that, like, you make movies about. That's right. You know? that's, that's just a really cool story. What's really cool is to, um, to see that Gabe still comes to the games to watch Reese. Mm-hmm. You know, Gabe's not playing, but he shows up to watch Reese. Sometimes he'll walk up and, you know, some, he used to call me Mama Jay and he'd say, Hey, Mama Jay, and hug me. And I, that's how I know Gabe's there to support Reese no matter what. Um, so they're still really good friends. So yep. We saw Gabe the other day at a game and that dude's arms are massive now. Oh yeah. I'm like, dude. He quit baseball yeah. and now he's working out, yeah. getting into fitness and <laughs> he's looking great. Oh, he really I'm is. Like, I'd hate to run into you in a dark alley, man. I know, I know. Yeah. Well, um, the last question, I guess, is, you know, um, sometimes we forget that these are, you know, 18, 19, 20-year-old kids, really. Um, And the amount of pressure on these guys is really unreal. Sometimes you hear heckling and negative talk from the opposing team. Sometimes you hear it from our own fans, like those guys on Eagle Post or, you know. But how do you handle the negativity and keep from going like full mama bear on some of these people? 
Well, honestly, the first year I was not used to it. And I got on Eagle Post thinking, oh, okay, this is coming. And then I was like, whoa, wait, <laughs> back up. And uh, I kind of said something to Reese about it. And uh, he was like, Mom, don't even read that stuff. Don't even look at that. And he said, you know, we don't worry about it. He said, I don't even want you to look at it. And uh, and I said, okay, you know, which has helped. Because any time that he, you know, is not playing well or even if he doesn't do well or if he does do well, I, I don't even look mm-hmm. at it because I know that these boys are trying mm-hmm. their best and um, they're going through things that no one even knows about. I know that there was one boy on the team who was struggling really bad um, and there was so much negativity out there, but he had just lost his grandfather, um, was in the slump of his life. And these there's personal things going on in their lives that – a lot of people don't know about, right. and um, they're trying to just keep it together and continue studying and go into class and, you know, go into practice and, you know, stay in, I guess, playing mm-hmm. well, you know, that kind of thing, all while trying to, you know, take care of things behind the scenes that is in everyday life. So I, I listened to an interview that Reese did just a couple of weeks ago, and something he said that stood out to me that I was so proud of the last sentence that he said, somebody kind of asked him kind of a similar question. And he said, there are a lot of voices out there. And he said, there's the good voices. And then there's the not so good voices. He, he said, I choose to listen to the good mm-hmm. ones. And I guess it's a choice, you know, you have to just choose. Now, if I was sitting in the stands, which thankfully this has never happened, but if I was sitting in the stands and somebody said something, I can't promise you that I would let them know really nicely who I was, you know, yeah, just want you yeah. to know I'm Reese's mom. I would probably say it very kindly. I really mm-hmm. would. I know me. And I would say it very kindly just for their sake. I would let them know who I was. And I think that would help them just to kind of take it down a notch. But I know we have some diehard right. fans. I understand that. Um, and I know they get caught up in the moment and, you know, it's easy to do that. But um, I just have to remember that. And, you know, handle it that way and, and it's important to remember that nobody is harder on those guys than those guys are not barry That's not creel right. not oz i mean like when these guys strike out they're they're more mad than we are oh, i mean yeah. so it's, oh, yeah. that's what you got to remember and you're right people are facing all kind of battles off the field i mean you got school and relationships and i mean sure one wrong step and you're out for the season i mean poor jb you that's know right. broke his foot yeah. back in practice and you know, he's out That's for the right. season. So, yeah, there's a lot of pressure. So it's got, they got to remember that. Yeah, that's right. That's right. In your defense, most of us that sat, in, <laughs> most of the crew that sat near you last year was like me and my family and Chuck and all the, we kind of knew who you were. So right. <laughs> I feel like if that chatter did start happening, yeah. somebody would have let them know before you had to. That's hey, right. Uh, That's right. And I promise I would be yeah. nice. <laughs> This ain't the section to say that stuff in. Move along. Right, exactly. What are those deals? And I think it helps that they have all of us mamas on one side, you know, to where we kind of stay away from a lot of that. Most everybody on that side knows who we are. Yeah, for some reason, they moved us over to the first base side next to the the other team's fans. And I was like, that's probably not a smart idea. But so it's created a whole new dynamic for us. Sure. Yeah, they don't like yeah. us counting. They don't like us saying ball four. They don't like throwing in the dirt. 
That's right. the fun I don't part. Like any of that that yeah. makes it fun. <laughs> they get irritated a lot with us. Over oh there. Yeah. yeah, keep it up. That's <laughs> interesting. So, yeah. yeah. Well, ain't any other question? Sorry. Yeah. Well, Jada, I just want to say we've enjoyed watching your son play. Is he? A, he's a senior, right? He I think is. Monique said that. He is, yeah. Well, it has been an absolute treat. Can he to be watch a grad player next year? I mean, I'm a, just asking for a friend. I yeah. sure wish, because <laughs> I don't know what we're going to do without yeah. baseball. That's what we've done all our mm-hmm. lives. So I don't know what we're going to do. Well, being a D one baseball player is tough, and. Being a family of a D1 baseball player is tough, too, and we just appreciate y'all sharing your son with us. It's been a blast watching him play. Thank you. I appreciate that. Every interaction I've ever had with a kid, I've been impressed by him, so he's a a good one. Thank you. And and it's obvious that the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Keep praying. Praying mama's the strongest force in in the world, in my opinion. So keep doing what you're doing and keep loving on these kids. Thank you. Yeah. That's right. Thank you so Absolutely. much. Well, you have a happy Mother's Day, and thank you so much for coming thank on. You. Happy tell, Mother's Day. Absolutely. Tell Thanks Reese he better hit a home run it. for you since it's Sunday. Oh, I will. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Thanks, guys. All right. Well, thanks so much, Jada. Um, I guess we'll move on to Mama number three. Uh, Lane, why don't you uh, take us into Mama number three? Who's on deck? Yeah, man. Well, uh, mama number three, the next Golden Eagle mama we've got on here is Danielle. Danielle, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Well, we're excited to have you on the show with us here. Uh, The first question, Danielle, is tell us, let's get the big reveal out of the way here. Who is your Golden Eagle baby? So, my Golden Eagle baby would be number 28, Tanner Hall. Our Hall-American, Chuck. Hall-American. Yes. He is a fun one to watch pitch. That's awesome. Thank you. He was, uh, he's a fun one all the way around there. (laughs) Absolutely. All right, well, uh... Tell us a little bit about your family, Danielle, about Tanner's family and all. What, uh, what, how many does he have siblings? Where are you guys from? All that. Give us a little rundown here of your family. Okay. So, uh, let's see. Uh, Tanner, so we grew up in Zachary, which is about 20 minutes north of Baton Rouge. And he is the baby of two. So he has an older sister who's a few years older than him. She is in medical school um, at LSU Shreveport. And we have a dog and a cat. Uh, Me and my husband are actually high school sweethearts. We have been together, uh, I think, just shy of 35 years now. And uh, growing up in Zachary, so me and my husband actually both went to Zachary High School and graduated from there, where both of my kids also attended and graduated high school there. 
Uh, and that's pretty much about as simple of a, a life as we had here. You know, I see y'all at the games and I've talked to y'all at a bunch of games. I never realized y'all were actually high school sweethearts. We certainly were. That, I feel like that's <laughs> super rare. That's all. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, so we went to homecoming together when we were just friends. Like, I don't know, I think I was 14, just, you know, ninth grade. So my freshman year, and we have truly been together since. So it's been, uh, it's been quite a lot of years. And two kids later, and med school, and uh, college baseball, and here, here we you are. Go. Do y'all have a picture from that yes. homecoming? Do y'all have that? Uh, we do, and I have the picture from that prom with the mustache and all that stuff, you know. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> oh, yeah. Greatness. That's awesome. I love it. Well, tell us a little bit, you know, and I want to say that, Danielle, we normally don't let people cuss on our show, but you've said a couple of them, Baton Rouge and LSU, but we'll let it slide. We'll let it slide. Um. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I did. I know. I did. My daughter is a graduate from LSU, so we have a blended household. I know, apologies, but, you know, it's an education, and... Yeah, yeah. Lane's favorite baseball player is Trey Morgan. I don't know if he's ever told you that. My, my, my blood pressure is going up just here. Really? Uh, it's not. <laughs> it's absolutely not. We, uh, <laughs> I was, uh, I, might, I may or may not have gone on multiple rants, including being on air, going on rants about that uh, certain individual after our regional. So, yeah, he's very sarcastic Aww. there. <laughs> uh, well, I don't have any good stories really about that. I do know a couple of the players on the team because, as you know, with us being from here, um, there's a couple players that graduated from Zachary High School um, a year ahead of Tanner. So they are on the team, played with him growing up from a child. So they're near and dear to my heart. So I can't say that I'm I can't say that I'm an LSU baseball fan any longer because I truly am just like a diehard Southern Miss fan now, but I do have a special place for a couple of people on the baseball team, just for individual purposes, you know. I dig it. Well, Darren, kind of tell us a little bit. About the tell us a little bit about the recruiting process that uh, you know kind of led Tanner to Southern Miss. Okay, so that's probably more of where my husband has all specific dates and things like that. I don't know when exactly things like that started rolling, other than after his probably summer after sophomore year, I guess. Um, he played in some tournaments 
during the summer. Uh, we went to Indianapolis and we started getting some phone calls. He started getting some messages. His coaches were telling him different things, you know, like, hey, you probably are going to start getting some questions about schools and where you want to go, if that's what you're going to want to do. Do you really want to play ball? Um, I don't think me or my husband really knew the magnitude of where his pitching could take him at that point. Um, he was 15 and he did not have, you know, like he wasn't known for velocity, which he's still not. That's not his, um, that's not his go-to, which we're glad Southern Miss wasn't stuck on that. And, um, Kaye was his recruiter or one of the main reasons that um, Tanner was found, I guess, with Southern Miss. Um, he was looked at by numerous places, and I think the atmosphere, the stadium, the people, through the whole just recruitment process, what he was told when he met Coach Barry, obviously when he met Coach Oz, um, that relationship through that time between his, right before, I guess, the end of the senior year when he was ready to commit and sign, it, there was just, it wasn't a doubt where he wanted to go. It wasn't a, hey, I really want to be closer to home, or I was kind of holding out to see if I could go play such as LSU, which was the SEC team closer to home. He never really waited for something like that. Once he was like committed and went to the different facilities and got to visit and got to kind of know the coaches, I think he was just set on Hattiesburg and he has not looked back. That's just, it's home. I see him only during baseball season. He does not come home. He stays where he is. There you go. It's good to know he loves it. He does. He does. And we are glad he made that decision and stuck with it. We have truly enjoyed watching him play. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. All right. Well, I'm going to shift gears a little bit here, Danielle. This has been one of my favorite questions here in this episode here. Um, all moms are great for having two things, baby pictures, which you can't do that on a podcast without photo and, and video. So baby pictures and baby stories or childhood stories there of of their of their babies. So do you have any good Tanner Hall childhood stories you'd like to share with us? Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. So I put a little thought into this one because I couldn't really go back too far in childhood because this one just really, it just, it's one of the best, one of those priceless moments. So when Tanner was probably about 13, um, so he played ball, both soccer and baseball, 
with the same group of guys since he was about seven. So from seven years old until their season ended in 2020 with COVID, he was with these same kids. They were all best friends. It was about seven of them. Um, And so when they were 13, they spent the night at a friend's house, at a different friend's house that was off of a main highway. (laughs) And I get a call in the morning from Tanner asking if his dad could come pick him up. Well, my husband worked shift work at that time, and I was like, "Um, I can send your sister to come get you. And he said, no, I think you really need to send dad. And I said, okay, well, what's wrong with your sister coming to get you? I can just send her. She's awake. She's here. He said, no, mom, I need you to send dad. He just needs to come get me. So I was like, okay, I can do that. So I wake my husband up and I told him, I said, hey, Tanner needs you to go get him. And so I tell him where this house is. And so he goes to pick him up. Well, turns out that the night before, the guys had all, they had a big bonfire and ate pizza. And it's about 30 acres where they had this bonfire. And so the following morning when they get up, they go out there and there was a little bit of the fire still kind of burning. So they kind of like dusted up and tried to put it out. And so then they all get on the four wheelers and they go right out into the woods just kind of messing around, you know, what typical 13-year-old boys do. And so when they come back, they see some fire. And it wasn't just a little bit of fire. It was a good bit of ground cover oh, fire. No. So they <laughs> all, they get back and they're like, stomping and trying to put the fire out and one of them goes and gets like a fire extinguisher so now at this point we're talking like two to three acres of this field now that has burned of grass luckily it was not trees but it was still burning grass and so my husband is driving up the road and he's like okay I don't even know what house this is he's looking for an address and he's like you gotta be kidding me he sees two fire trucks and some police cars and you know and he pulls up next to it and then he sees the boys like all on the back of this property and then he sees like Tanner come out the side of the house and he goes back there and he's like what the heck what is going on and Tanner's like dad we don't know. We, we didn't know. Like, we tried to put it out, and the more we stomped, I mean, these kids had, like, their shoes. They were literally trying to put this fire out, just stomping on it, and one of them, you know, thought he was going to be in trouble, so he didn't want to call his dad, and then you got one who thought, oh, well, okay, let's not call the fire department just yet. Let's see how much we can put it out and see what happens from here. And so, needless to say, they did get the fire out with the help of our Zachary Fire Department. But it was, uh, it was very entertaining because none of these kids 
wanted to call any of their parents and he was probably the first one to call his dad which I was shocked but he did because he knew like oh this is not good this is this is going to be bad we got to get the adults and thank god it was just about four acres total maybe and the owner didn't there wasn't anything that he did to the boys because it was just an accident and yeah but definitely something we took pictures of (laughs) so we could let them remember that and that you know we make sure fires are out before we go to bed at night when we have bonfires and all that good stuff they learned a nice lesson they did with the help of the the police department and the fire department (laughs) oh my goodness i wish i could have seen knowing your husband i wish i could have seen his face when he pulled up (laughs) it was just it it was it was just a priceless, priceless moment. Like, I'm just envisioning a bunch of Very th- old boys, like, looking at each other like, well, no, I'm not calling. I'm not calling. <laughs> yeah, and then they're all so different because they handle things so different. Like, you got the one so worried about getting in trouble, and then you got one that's like, oh, we can put it out ourselves, you know, and Tanner's like, yep, nope, this isn't gonna, <laughs> no, uh-uh. And then one of them whose dad was a supervisor with EMS, like his dad had come off of nights also. And he's like, he's going to be so mad when my mom wakes him up. You know, like they're all worried about different things. And it just, it just spiraled into so much. I'm like, well, it could have been so much worse. At least it was just the field and it wasn't anybody's house. No kids were injured. So it, it was okay. But it's definitely one of his best memories for all of us, for sure. That is great. I bet he was scared to death, though. But, I, you know, shows his maturity level at that age. 100%. 100% he was scared. Well, uh, kind of going off that, um, what is your personal favorite moment of Tanner's playing career? You know, it can be at you know, with Southern Miss or when he was in high school or um, when he was on Team USA. What what made you the most proud? Oh, I would say probably the most proud. I mean, obviously, being part of Team USA. Um, is that is something that I I don't know that you ever have that you know another time in his lifetime that we would see Um, but I think more importantly for him and for us was when he won the Ferris Trophy Um, that was one of the most humbling uh, awards I think he had ever won just hands down the something that we were totally award. not expected it, thank you I mean it it was definitely something for hard work he was it, and it was for him you know something personal and I, we were all just extremely 
not expecting it. So it was it was a very, very proud moment for sure. I think that is and to know that that Mr. Ferris was so important to Coach Oz and how important Coach Oz really is to Tanner. It's just like it's full circle. And for us, knowing what we know now, like with everything, it's, I don't know, those are, those are the moments that I think that's probably, that's probably going to be the proudest moment we've had so far. That's awesome. It was a great representation for Southern Miss to win it too. Like it's just, it was really special. It was as a Southern Miss fan, it was really cool to see him win that trophy. So I can't imagine as a parent how awesome that must have felt. It it was uh it, it was like indescribable. Yeah. It really was. You mentioned Team USA. Can you run that like how did y'all find out he was on Team USA? Can you tell us kind of the story behind how all that went down? Yeah, so like Team USA, that process was so fast it's almost like (laughs) it's almost like you're dreaming because um we finished in the super regional i guess and once we finished with the tournament literally the next day or so he left to go to north carolina and we left as well. So it's like you had to fly out the next day. Um, he received, I want to say we received an email about um, the, invita- the invitation for the tryout. And basically what they did is they, they send these kids, um, they were all invited to go to North Carolina. And we played at, I think, two different ballparks maybe um and on the I guess it was right before the 4th of July so over a maybe a seven day span they played so many games it was stars versus stripes and whenever they they scheduled them to pitch however they were going to pitch they picked whoever was going to be on what team nobody knew you know how this came it was supposed to be just a random way to do it um and then after the teams played stars versus stripes and they got down to the last game um it was kind of like a little series we went back to the hotel that last night and literally they were told if you made it they like called the boys in one by one into a conference room and told them if they made it they would be leaving in the morning to go to the netherlands if they didn't make it they would be leaving to go back home and they were going to be swapping up their rooms that night with new roommates so they had been in the hotel, like, you know, with one roommate, and then they would change up from there. So I don't think we were back at the hotel maybe 30 or 40 minutes when we found out he made it. Um, when we found that out, 
the next day, we were already leaving to come home. And he was scheduled to fly out to go to the Netherlands. He had his passport, everything ready. They had to be just like an on standby, like in case you make it, be ready to go. And he was, and he went, and he was there by himself and loved every minute of it and did fantastic. And it was great for us. We were up at crazy hours of the night watching ball games because of the time zone differences. Um, and he came back with a medal. So, I mean, it was, it was phenomenal. That's really cool. That's really cool. It, it's, it really is. It's almost like a dream, like a, a pinch me thing. I remember the first thing, <laughs> the first thing he did when he got there was send us a picture of the bed because they were two to a room and <laughs> the bed, it's like a little twin bed. Huh. Okay. And for anybody who's taller than probably five, eight, yeah. the bed is going to be short. <laughs> yeah. So he sends us a picture, you know, of the room, and he's like, check this out, you know, and I'm like, oh, that's perfect for me. I don't know what the problem is, <laughs> you know, like, what's wrong? Um, and, yeah, it, it was uh, it was cool. He, he loved it. I know he was wore out when he got back, which was part of the reason it took him longer to get started this season. He was one of the ones that pitched the longest so he needed more time to rest. So that had a lot to do with what took him longer to kick off his uh, his season this yeah. year. That, you know, everybody else kind of got rolling in the fall where he couldn't. He had to wait. Right. But, yeah, it was, um, it was an honor. What can oh, I yeah. say? That's awesome. The coach and staff, I mean, he's made friends now from players that – across the U.S. and the Japanese team when he was there. I mean, the Cubans. I mean, it, it was it was crazy. That's really that crazy. These guys are all friends. Yeah. I mean, people that he plays against, they're, they're all friends. They still talk. Well, those are days that he will never forget. Neither will you guys. That's awesome. No. Absolutely not. So, uh, my my final question, and I think Chuck's got one more. My final question for you is, uh, you know, the mamas at Southern Miss of the baseball players, you got you guys are a pretty close knit group of people. Um, you know, you ladies seem to support each other's son really well. You're always kind of got each other's back i see you sitting i think you sit with dustin's mom a lot i've seen you sit with her a pretty good bit what has it meant to you to kind of be in that group of ladies of southern miss moms what is that what does that meant to you as a person well um i mean it's a it's a whole nother it's just an extension of your family i guess at this point um it's what you, what you hope for for your child, you know, when they leave home, you hope that they bond with their new teammates and they get along with everybody and they don't feel out of place. Um, you hope that they excel and they enjoy 
everything. They take it all in and it's the same thing for us. You know, we get there, we hope that we all can click and we're there for each other's child. You know, my kid is away from home. So just as it would be if, you know, I was closer and say my kid or someone else's kid needed something, that's kind of how the Southern Miss moms worked. As soon as we got there, I remember for Tanner's freshman year, um, like Hunter Stanley's mom, just for example, I remember was one of the first senior moms that made sure we knew everything we needed to know coming in, who to talk to, um, made sure that we felt welcome, you know, because we had no clue how anything worked. Um, and of course, like Diane Lynch, who's been there for ever now and you know they're just they're there to help make sure that we're lifelong friends and really they treat our kids like their own and I'm hoping that we've done the same thing now for the new ones that have come in behind us and we're all just we're truly just really friends all of us we have a group me for the moms. We text each other. We pray before the games. I don't know if y'all have noticed that now this year. We've made sure we try to pray before all the games um, under the bleachers behind the dugout. Um, we have a couple pictures of that, which was really cool. That is um, cool. It's I didn't just, know that. It, it's, yeah, it's pretty phenomenal. One of the workers... Um, actually took a picture. Sarge's mom, um, I think, pretty much kind of let it off for us. And so we started doing it every game. She'll send a little message. And it's like normally if the game's at 6, about 5.45, we go down so that we don't miss the, the starting lineup or the first pitch or anything like that because we want to be able to see the board and all that stuff. But um Whenever we did it, I overheard one of the um, the custodials walking by and saying something about taking a picture. So then one afternoon when we came back through the gates, I saw that same lady and I asked, I said, hey, didn't I overhear you say that you took a picture of whenever we were praying before one of the games and she said absolutely and I said do you mind sending me that and she did so I had the picture and she sent it so I sent it to everybody in the mom group and it's just really cool but it's a small picture and then now when we all are actually at the game it's gotten bigger and bigger and bigger so what started out to be like just a few of us there at the beginning now more of us are able to make it to the games and so it's every time and it's just great these are all my friends it's fabulous that's awesome and i gotta say there's there's nothing better than a praying mama you're absolutely right well, um, my last question is, uh, you know, kind of, I guess, kind of going off that and how you maintain, you know, your positive attitude. But we as fans, you know, sometimes we forget that these are 18, 19, 20 year old kids. Um, and the amount of pressure on these guys can be unreal at times. Um, a lot of the times we'll hear heckling and negative talk from the opposing team, which, you know, that that's to be expected sometimes. 
And then sometimes we hear it from our own fans, like on that uh, wonderful message board Eagle post. How do you handle the negativity and uh, keep going from uh, keep from going mama bear on some of these people? So, I guess I don't. I really, to be perfectly honest, um, I would say I take a, a page out of my kids' book. How about that? Both of my children are very, very good when it comes to criticism, negativity. If somebody says something ugly or insulting, if it's not what they consider their business or said to them or in a manner that's even something you should entertain, they just, they don't respond. It's just, you know, Tanner is very good with, he just, everything just rolls off. He doesn't respond to nearly anything on social media. He doesn't read it. So I try to put myself in that position. So I read Eagle Post almost every day. I read it. I see what everyone says. And I just know that there are some people who it's easy for them to type behind a phone, behind a computer. I also believe those people maybe never played a sport or don't have a child that have played because I feel like if you did, it's just not possible for you to have said some of those things the way you said them because as an athlete or an athlete's parent, I know I could never say it. So I just kind of have to put myself in a different mindset to just not stoop that low and know that we're better than that. I just, I don't, I don't add fuel to the fire and I I would rather let them think what they want to think and prove them wrong down the road and just let them choke on their own words at a later date. How about that? I like that a lot. Well, Lane, do you have have any other? From an opposing team. Keep going. I was going to say that uh, I was told by an opposing team once that um, I was outnumbered lady uh, from a gentleman whenever I did say something back because he was talking about number 28. And so when I heard number 28, of course, yeah, I spouted something back to him. And that was the response I got was, you're outnumbered, lady. I was like, oh, okay, that's super mature. All right. So sometimes, I guess, you know, I I respond a little bit when we're in the stands, but not often. That was bold. We know that wasn't a Mississippi State fan because – they don't know how to count past two. Oh. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, Lane, do you have any questions, man? No, man, that covered about it. I mean, I could talk about Southern Miss baseball and Tanner Hall probably all night, but I think Danielle has work tomorrow. <laughs> so 
probably shouldn't do that. But uh, Danielle, I genuinely appreciate your time tonight. And it's been a blast watching Tanner play and watching him blossom into the player he is. And I'll tell you, the thing I'm most impressed with by him is he gets all these accolades and gets all these awards. Yet every time I see him, his teammates still love him and respect him. And he takes time to talk to like little kids and stuff like my little boy, you know, he takes time to take pictures with him and talk to him and all that. And it's a, it's a humility thing. It's a humble thing. He's a, he's a good kid. He's what, you know, he's exactly what you want a kid who's getting all those accolades. He's what you want him to act like. So I admire the way he responds to stuff. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. And, um, I hope that the listeners enjoyed this special look inside the the mothers of Golden Eagle baseball, and we hope that all the uh, mothers out there have a happy, happy Mother's Day and a happy Mother's Day to you, Danielle. I hope you get treated to a nice dinner or something. Um, happy Mother's Day to everybody. Thank you. We'll meet you at the Pete this weekend, and as always, Southern Miss to the to top. The top. Thank you for checking out the Everyday Eagles podcast, the podcast for Southern Miss fans by Southern Miss fans. Be sure to subscribe and follow our show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss a single episode. And don't forget to leave us a rating and share this podcast with a fellow Golden Eagle. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Everyday Eagles Podcast and follow us on Twitter at Everyday underscore Eagles. To learn more about the podcast or to inquire about being a guest on the show, visit our website at edepodcast.com. Thanks again for joining us today. We will catch you next time on the Everyday Eagles Podcast. And as always, Southern Miss to the top.